0: Weirdos, man, it's just weirdos everywhere, aren't they? Um, hi guys, welcome to the first live of this week. Yeah, it is all right. Yeah, sorry,
1: but we were here like two days. When did we do it? it Saturday, we did, there.
0: yeah, that's why it feels weird. Um, so we are it's week two
1: or week three? Three, three, we do this every week. What week is it? I used to be so good at this. You used to be so good at it, and I was like very And Emma never knew, and then I got pregnant and I lost all brain functions. So I'm out questioning what week it is, but anyway, it's definitely, it's definitely a week. That's it. What- <laughs> okay, fine. Right. I will get stuck
0: in. And then Emma, you keep an eye on the live rooney. I I can see a hair. Oh, I'll find it again. Okay. Karen Sutherland. Grip question. My grip is rubbish, mostly down to arthritis in the tips of my fingers. I've tried racks many times and I can get one on okay, but my fingers just aren't nimble enough to footer with the last wrap single handed. This causes me to struggle with upping my weights where the weight cradles in my fingers. For example, when I'm holding dumbbells by my side for rows, RDLs, yeah, bench step ups. Any tips on how to accommodate this, please? Um, You could try chalk or you could try full finger grip gloves. So most of the weight gloves are kind of cut at the finger, but you can get ones that go that have grip on them. Like um, uh, some rugby boys use them in training. A lot of American football players use them. They have grip and they cover the whole finger um, and that might help you.
1: Yeah. The only other thing I can think of is you get different kinds of lifting straps and I know what you mean because actually even without arthritis and your fingers it's actually quite hard sometimes like with or if you're doing a pull-up and then you're trying to do like the other one one of them's always quite good and the other one's not so good so you can get ones I think they're called like bear grips mm-hmm. use them yeah Where you yeah, don't they're really good. yeah you don't all there's ones that even have like proper little hooks like it's just and it's like a metal hook and it hooks onto the dumbbell so it really it's none of your grip whatsoever so I would look into those I yeah, yeah you can't find, you know and I'll um try an Amazon search and try and find them but there are definitely ones that kind of do the full like cooking for you fab anything on the live just Janet saying morning lovelies Assuming for okay Jen Smith hi both I'm loving
0: my first time so far I don't have a lot to lose maybe 8 to 10 kg from 63 kg current i hope that you're very very short yeah otherwise i'm going to say that's too much yeah that's uh unless you're like really really tiny um yeah from 63 kg currently so the weight is coming off quite slowly but i anticipated this so it's all fine i wanted to ask about the correlation between height weight and expected rate of loss slash allocated calorie intakes oh here we go i'm five foot one and have always dieted on about 1300 calories before accounting for my height, uh, my height rather than my starting weight to determine this my weight would drop very quickly but it wasn't sustainable and i would regularly fall off the wagon yeah however i do also wonder do you sometimes end up dropping calories lower for short women of the same weight as a taller woman or is it weight alone that matters, regardless of height? Basically, might short women need to eat slightly less than a taller woman of the same weight for a good rate of fat loss? Thanks as ever for your sage advice. So, a taller woman at the same weight as you would have would be leaner, um, and and so we would diet her on different calories. Than a smaller woman at the same weight as the taller woman. Um, so it they all play a role, your height and your weight. Really, Emma and I will start with weight. That's what we set you up on because the more mass you have on your body, it gives us a really nice indication of what an appropriate deficit is for your for you. At what height, if that makes sense? Like it's, a, that is factors into it, but it's it's more of a weight predominantly prediction from us. Um, but yes, as a shorter woman, you will have to diet on less calories. Um, and as, as, as you say yourself, being on 1300 calories, so a real fast or slow rate of loss, Emma and I, again, like we would start you out at a certain number that we like, that's reflective of your weight and secondary to that height. Okay, I'm I'm trying to get through this answer. Um, And Emma and I could very easily give, depending on those those data points, could put somebody in a very severe deficit that would see a very quick rate of loss. And it doesn't, we could do that for everyone. Um, Or we could put you in a moderate deficit, which will see a slow rate of loss, but you'll be able to actually live a life, um, sustain it and then maintain your results thereafter, which is what we're much more inclined to do. Now, that being said, we always have periods of time where clients like, oh, I wasn't hungry these three days in a row. So I only had 1500 instead of 1600. And we're like, great, that's that's a steeper deficit. Great. But don't drop your calories to 1500 indefinitely because you're going to have hungry days and then we're going to get caught up in the cat and mouse game. So you know we we are we're okay with you guys eating slightly less if if it just happens that day and you feel fine and it's fine um if you're in fat loss but we'd rather try and get like a nice sustainable relationship with you and food and 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 get the fat loss on route as well um i'm re- i really struggle to articulate that
1: emma yeah, i think you nailed it i think people worry a little bit too much about height and like Chloe said like the the reason or the main reason that height's important and that people shorter people will have to drop their calories lower is because to be at the same body composition you will need less less calories right so to to achieve like a healthy BMI range as a small person you'll need to be lighter than a tall person thus at some point you will have to drop your calories lower but like say we were initially setting your calories this is why we have like the weight brackets and set your calories based on the weight brackets as opposed to the height brackets because it has a way bigger indication like really with your weight we're looking at your total mass yeah be really more indicative of how many calories that you expend during a day yeah at least your basal metabolic rate And then, yeah, you will have to like, so, for example, this is why at the start, though, was like, well, I hope you're very short because there's no way that someone who's 61 kilograms who, as an example, is like five foot five could healthily lose 10 kilograms. Like you'd be very, very lean. So that's why, again, like it might actually be healthy for you as a five foot one woman to lose about 10 kilograms again might like vary that's probably like the lower side of of a healthy weight range I don't know off the top of my head I haven't got BMI chart ingrained into my brain but um that that essentially is why you'd have to drop your calories lower to be a healthy weight because you'll be a smaller person with less mass that should require less energy at any given energy expenditure in terms of steps or workouts or anything
0: yeah another way of putting it is All mass, whether it's lean mass, and that doesn't just mean muscle, that means everything in your body that is not body fat. So, all lean mass and all um, fat mass requires calories to maintain itself, right? So, the more mass you have on you, whether it's you're taller or you're bigger, you can move the needle a little bit higher in terms of a deficit. The less mass you have on you, whether that's in terms of being shorter or leaner, if you have a fat loss goal, the needle needs to come down. So,
1: hopefully, that makes sense. Um, okay. um, Jill, hi, both. Could I please have an estimation of maintenance calories five foot seven, 64 kilograms? I've lost two kilograms since the start of the round on 1650 calories. I'm going back to Ireland to visit family for seven days next week, and I want to increase my calories to a range of 1,600 up to maintenance. What a great idea. I plan to keep my activity levels and gym sessions up, but also plan on indulging in a few meals out and at least as many pints of Guinness. Thank you. Um, I'd, I'd just estimate about 2,000. Yeah, so- I mean, she doesn't, she
0: doesn't say what steps
1: or how many workouts, right? She's just... Yeah, but I guess if she's lost two kilograms since the start of the round, which we think has been either two or three weeks on that level of deficit it's like yeah you're you're probably in about a 500 calorie deficit so yeah 2,000 is probably erring on the side of caution you're probably still in a little bit of a deficit but given things will be inaccurate and you might be eating out a few times and you're having more indulgent food I'd I'd aim for like 2,000 as as like an upper limit knowing that your long-term goal is fat loss
0: yeah I completely agree and I I would also say like you're not going to be able to do that much with an added 300 calories so I would say be very choosy about when and where you're having your more calorific moments and then be very kind of on it when those moments aren't happening because you know it is more room to play with but a lot more so if you were uh, coming up to maintenance at home than when you're like out drinking eating then it happens really quick so much so that I and I say this all the time. I, if you can track and it's not going to trip you up, and you're still going to hit your steps and you're still going to hit your workouts, fantastic. If you start to find that those numbers are climbing, 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 and you're looking at your my, my Fitness panel and increasingly getting funny about it, I would say stop tracking altogether, completely clean slate it, smart decisions most of the day, right? And then choosing those like Guinness, pub lunch, pie, whatever like at a specific time of day and stop tracking um i just find that sometimes it pushes clients into a fuck it bucket mentality whereas if they don't track and they don't see that they don't really have they just know that they're making smart decisions and then they're having some fun because this is life and that's better psychologically
1: beautifully yeah, put
0: no okay anything else no up to date okay elizabeth stevenson can you have too much protein could we keep getting this did you see the other one the other day can you have two and it was like this article said that like loads of people are overeating protein i was like wow talk about
1: repainting reality (laughs) like it's a common thing enjoy that analogy i don't know why talk about repainting reality i mean but it's just not true it's like
0: it was like you know it says that you know the majority of people are over over, overshooting at reprotein and overeating protein i'm like no, no data that i've ever read Ever states that there's exactly. probably one fact opposite, yeah. The whole opposite, and so there's probably one teeny tiny niche bracket doing that, and that's a male bodybuilding community. And that's it, like, shut up anyway. So, um, can you have too much protein? My target is 120 grams. So some days I'm hitting 150 to 170. As long as I'm hitting all my other targets, doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. I tend to kind of cap it with my female clients at 140 grams. And obviously, like give or take there or thereabouts fine. But that's like the upper end for me as a coach with a female client with a physique goal. 150 to 170 is high and it's expensive and it's not
1: necessary. But if you're happy, I'm okay with it. Emma? Yeah, I think the same. I also think it really depends on your calorie allowance as well. If you were like, oh, I'm trying to stick 1600 calories and I'm having 170 grams of protein, I'd be a bit worried as to what else, like there's more to health than just having protein, right? We want you to get in fiber. We want you to get in a, like diverse variety of food. We want you to get in a load of fruit and veg. We want some healthy fats in there. And I just don't think that leaves you very much to play with. So that's partly why we're like, yeah, you know what? Like, I I agree with Chloe on that. Like, I I don't think you don't really want to go to the extreme on any of them. You know, you don't want really high fat. You don't want really high carb. You don't want really high protein. And it's never necessarily because it's the high intake of those things that's the problem, but it's the relative intake of everything else. You know, like if you go high fat, you inevitably would have to go lower carb and protein if you're staying within a calorie target. Yeah, yeah at the expense of what um okay anything else yes elizabeth's just saying hi dearest i just wanted to thank you being back here has been so good for my mental health love you both Aww. Yeah.
0: Isn't it lovely okay amy mcnaughton hi any tips on sticking to calories when i'm having a tough time emotionally I'm dealing with some not great family stuff, but I want to keep up my progress from previous times and not slip back into old patterns of emotional eating. Having some coaching during this time is one of the reasons I signed back up again, as I knew that I might need some help in the coming months. So far, planning batch cooks so it's easier to make a choice aligned with my goals and having a few lower calorie, higher protein sweet treats around so I don't face plant a bar of chocolate in the evenings. So, yeah, I mean, there are some practical hacks and then we can talk about more psychological um, things. But, yeah, practically like eating every three hours, pre-cooking meals, like you say, to take that like decision fatigue out of it um, and having them in the fridge. there waiting for you all time. Same with, quote, unquote, healthier snacks. I say that word with a pinch of salt, but you know what I mean? Um, and yeah. Um, And really kind of I would say also another thing starting your day with a workout because that always will just put you right on the straight and narrow to what you what you want to achieve that day and that's not presumptuous that's there's like genuine evidence to to back that up there's a lot of literature around that so um all of those are practical tips every three hours easy access to the foods that are going to do what you're already doing um and starting your day with a workout in terms of like going through a hard time and I'm not turning to food it is difficult but more often than not it is about pattern interrupts so we just need to find something else which is going to suit so- which you personally and it's different for everyone find soothing Um, and we need to start to force that into being your new pattern because it's not just gonna it's not just gonna happen, it's not gonna be easy. Force it into being your new happen. And then once it is your new pattern, and once it is your new pattern, two, three, four weeks later, it'll be so easy. Um, but there is a a period, but it kind of reads to me like you're doing it. And maybe you're kind of telling yourself that like this is you always fall backwards and this time it'll be the same. Well, why? You're already doing it, you're already nailing it.
1: So why are you gonna fall backwards? You're doing great, Emma? Yeah, agree. I think the point you made about like having stuff prepared and making it easy, like this goes for everyone, whether you're having like an emotional time or not. Often it's just the same advice, but kind of heightened, like make it as easy as possible and have like nice food. Don't just have like chicken and veg, like make nice, nutritious meals and kind of like that's a way of self-care, right? Like look after yourself and make sure that they're the easiest thing to go to. And then try and think about the things that will make you feel good long term. Because I think especially when you're emotional and there's so much like messaging around this on social media, like just be kind to yourself. And the narrative behind that is like sit in front of the TV and order a takeout and eat a load of chocolate. And you're like, you know, that actually that will make you feel worse. Like yeah. it's, you're not going to help with your problems like now and again. Fine. Like so don't beat yourself up for it. That's the worst thing you could do is do that and then make yourself feel guilty about it. But realistically, if you're thinking what's going to make me feel good, it's definitely not that like it's definitely not wallowing. It's definitely going to be doing the stuff that, you know, is hard in the moment. But by the end of the day, you're like, wow, I'm so pleased that I set myself out a nice breakfast for the morning. I got a good, healthy lunch in. I took clothes advice and I did a workout in the morning. I felt pretty good for the rest of the day. Yeah. I'm still going through a lot of stuff, but at least I can feel good about the fact that I ticked those boxes off. So. Is my, and I'm not saying that's easy, but it's definitely going to make you feel better than overeating in the moment.
0: Well, we're just talking about ordering a takeaway. I ordered a Papa John's the other day with my friend. And Papa, Papa. Papa John's, Papa, Papa Papa. Papa John's the other day. And it was not nice at all. And it was just like pepperoni, but it was like the sauce was really sweet, like that you could taste the sugar in it. And I was like, ugh, like why would you do that? And then the whole thing just tasted wrong. And I think it's because I've like moved back to London and the only times I've gone for pizza, which is like twice in the last year or whatever, it's been like really like authentic Napolitana like restaurants. This is like, no, I couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'm ever gonna order a takeaway pizza again, unless it's from like a real pizzeria. Anyway, I found that quite interesting.
1: Yeah, it's interesting how your taste changes, isn't it? Oh, it was
0: like it was like sugar sauce. It was disgusting. Um, okay,
1: and also it tasted of nothing at the same time like it just oh, yeah I get what you mean like it's really like it tastes of a lot but also not a better thing
0: nothing no I was just like what, what is this junk like and I saw she suddenly dawned on me I was like I was thinking like my friend was like, oh just you know give give the last few slices to Bodhi I was like I'm not feeding my daughter this
1: <laughs> it's not good enough for me it's not good enough for her um okay right anything else in the live? Yes. Nikki, I'm not seeing much difference in the scales, but my body seems to be changing shape. So I'm trying to stay focused, stick to the routine and goals. And then I'm sure the scales will catch up. Last time I was on EC, I was vaping and I swear this enabled me to eat less. I'll be a year vape free in November. It probably does. Because I like what you just said. It's a bit of a pattern interrupt of like, you know, instead of reaching for food, you just reach for your vape, and it yeah. probably actually haven't done much of the old vaping. But obviously, it tastes of something.
0: Oh my god! When I'm drunk, if anyone near me has a vape, I'm like, give me the vape, and then I wake up the next day and all my tonsils like and glands are like swollen, and I'm like, uh. Really? But when I'm drunk, you can't keep me away from a vape. <laughs> yeah, a few of my friends vape like constantly. The people that I know do it are like fully addicted. They can't
1: stop. It's amazing. It's very strange. I'm like, oh, did you used to smoke? And they're like, no. Like, Why why would you just think, do you know what I'm going to take up? Vaping. (laughs) It's like a mini shisha pipe in your hand. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Uh, No, that's the end of it. That's the end of the question. But I think um, that is a good point. It it probably does help. Well, I mean, it definitely does help realistically. And also if it has nicotine in it, that's probably going to reduce appetite a bit as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll have, uh, yeah. We'll have um,
1: yeah, Nikki just said I was vaping all the time and Defo used food as a replacement. They, I mean, it's so common when you give up smoking as well. People that tend to put on quite a lot of weight. Um, so yeah, I mean, well done for being a whole year vape-free in November.
0: Yeah, it's really good. It's really impressive, especially with vaping. It's Ooh. a slippery old slope. It, it's, huge... a <laughs> it's a gateway drug. It's a gateway drug oh it's so good okay Samantha Johnson hello lovely Clema science question incoming I'm reading a very depressing book with my book club called The Memory Thief there is a section in it about improving memory and preventing Alzheimer's it says that there are studies that show exercise delays the damage and shrinking of your hippocampus and that exercise studies in older people reverse the impact of the old age in the hippocampus what are your thoughts and why is exercise not prescribed more? It is a miracle drug for so many diseases. I think it is becoming more and more prescribed, um, but ahead of you know uh, medications and antidepressants and things like that. Um, but I do think that yes, there is a, sadly the older generations who would really benefit from it the most, and it's especially weightlifting, and especially in the older female community. Um, They are, you know, drastically behind the times and definitely um, could benefit from more kind of Davina McCall style campaigns. Um, I
1: did see a really funny, um, uh, someone had screenshotted like Davina McCall uh, talking about the Zoe diet and being like, they were like, stop getting celebrities to endorse this shit and get an endocrinologist on board. (laughs) please I was like yeah fair but it does like it's a bit annoying because like obviously I love what she's done for menopause and increasing awareness and she's done a load of good stuff but like it's now just the next thing like and the Zoe diet is just like a big bugbear of mine at the moment and it's like it's so like elitist and like oh you could only do this if you want to pay this much money and now that we've got all this data against it you just think like it, it, you're paying so much money to actually just get back someone to say, do you know what you need to do? Eat a balanced diet in line with your energy needs.
0: Yeah, but we know firsthand how unsexy that is to sell. Like we would have had so much more success if we'd have already on the easy method and we've had enough success on the easy method. Like we're happy with where we are. But if we'd come up with some like massive fatty, this is going to change your life tagline diet.
1: That's in a poo sample and we'll tell you exactly what you should be eating. Um, yeah, it is a shame. Um, in regards to that question, I think it's exactly what closure said, actually, you know, like it's not sexy to sell exercise. And I think, well, actually, I know that say you went to the doctor and you were like, I'm really struggling with, I don't know, whatever it is. And they turn around, they say, you should exercise three times a week you're not good at like one people just don't do it and two they get really angry and I think there's a lot of pressure on doctors to prescribe like we know that this was true with the um, antibiotics like a lot of doctors get kind of like pressured into prescribing something or they get a lot of kickback from their patients about certain things and it's like I imagine being a doctor is extremely or a GP especially is extremely hard in that regard and if you're like do you know what would really help you is just eating a little bit less and getting out for a walk every morning? I just don't think people would take it seriously. Like if you had someone who was like exhibiting signs of probably not at like a clinical depression, but like low mood. And the doctor was like, I'm not going to give you antidepressants, but what I want you to do is go for a walk every morning. They'd probably be absolutely livid. And then imagine the pressure on the doctor to diagnose that and make sure someone is naturally depressed within Eight minutes of their appointment. And yeah, I, c- I can see why it isn't, but you're right. It is an absolute miracle. Like when you look into details of exactly what exercise does, and um, if you had a list of like, this is what will happen if you take this pill, and it was like increased insulin sensitivity, anti aging properties, protects you from this disease, and cancer, and cardiovascular disease, and type 2 diabetes, and Alzheimer's, and blah, blah, you'd be like, yeah, I'm taking that pill. And then you're like, oh, the pill is exercise three times a week. No, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but no, 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 no. But you could you could package that up as a pill and sell it for thousands of pounds, right?
0: This is why I don't really like this like whole wellness trend, because I just feel like it's kind of encouraging and again, specifically women to like self-indulge, like and prioritize, I should say, silly things, like I don't know, going for a massage or whatever over like prioritizing things that are actually genuinely going to improve their health fitness strength quality of life longevity of life it like i just don't know i don't really know where this term wellness came from but every time i see it i don't like what it's representing at all and that's also like a huge platform for the privileged
1: yeah yeah
0: I'm just well,
1: we need to pay thousands of pounds to go and get this treatment done and and like get an eye a drip of like vitamins and blah oh, blah f-
0: Fuck off! Whenever I see it on an Instagram profile, wellness coach, I'm like, no,
1: gone, bye bye. <laughs> no, or like you need all of these supplements, which conveniently I sell and all no. that. Which they the like corny Kardashian,
0: like Lemmy, like vitamins and minerals line, and it's just like for a healthy vagina, for like a happy mood, and I'm like, this is not okay. Like you, like
1: I don't understand. Anyway, yeah, it's really annoying. Okay um elizabeth i remembered i have a question i'm 46 and i'm five foot six what would be a good target weight for me i'm never habitually i've never habitually weighed myself so I usually go off how my clothes fit and how i feel as a gauge do that and that's probably a much better gauge but yeah. we'd also need to know what well, uh, five foot six i mean what you could do is just look at healthy bmi range if you're anywhere within there and you feel good and your clothes fit well and you've got good energy, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I completely agree.
0: Don't, don't, don't start obsessing over the shells now if you made it this far, trust me. Yeah.
1: And also, if you're anywhere within that healthy weight range, actually what's way more important is that you're exercising. Like the, the impact that exercise has on your health is far more impactful than body fat. We just focus on body fat way too much. Now, if you're anywhere within that range the amount you exercise is going to be more indicative of health than if you're like the lower end of your healthy bmi or the higher end of your healthy bmi yeah Um, okay Kate, i was on the verge of signing up for for the zoe diet i'm so glad a friend recommended ec so are we yay yay to your friend okay um gail simpson hello how badly does alcohol hinder weight loss I'm good Monday to Friday and I try to use some calories I've banked as well as calories accrued from exercise. Oh no, we don't want to do that. No, don't do that. Um, to limit the damage, but I always look and feel bloated for a couple of days afterwards. I have a busy social life and feel I'm drinking more calories rather than consuming food at the weekend. Yeah, that's not a good place to be. So one, don't add on calories that you've expended during exercise The only caveat to that and still let us know because we'll be able to give a more realistic indication is like if you're like I'm training for a marathon and I'm doing a huge amount of cardio like let us know we'll adapt your calorie needs but it's still probably going to overestimate um and then a couple like I mean if you're the the problem with drinking isn't so much the drinking per se it's how much you're drinking and then how it's impacting your behaviors and then also as you've noted here how it's impacting your diet now if on the weekend you're like i spend over 50 percent of my calories on alcohol like we were saying at the start doesn't really leave you much in the way of like fueling your body with the good healthy nutritious food that it needs to feel its best so that would be the main issue really
0: yeah i agree never bank back exercise calories. Fine for you to bank, you know, 100 calories a day, five days a week. So you've got 500 calories on the weekend, which is half a bottle of wine Saturday and Sunday, or a bottle of wine, or probably somewhere in the region of eight, and maybe split into two days. Or like maybe, let me think. Hang on. Seven, like vo- vodka, soda, waters, or German slimline tonics. Again, split between two days, or had whatever, like. And like that would be acceptable um, in terms of your diet. I mean, I'm not worried about you and alcohol if you only drink on the weekends. Like that's that's not that's not a sign of anything worrying at all. Um, but it is, you are gonna have to figure out how to make it fit into your diet. In terms of when you say that you get your stomach gets quite bloated and swollen, that's probably indicative of the alcohol choices that you're making. So just re- I would say reflect on that and just figure out, like I say, like eight vodkas or seven vodka soda water is like that's enough like that's enough for a night out that's enough split into two allotments on two different days and those calories are going to be uh, the total of the week well within your remit very easy to hit you know whereas i don't know choosing you know pints and and cocktails that's going to be a different story entirely okay good Uh, 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 uh,
1: uh right hazel I've had a text from the doctors about weight gain during COVID and contacting them if I want their help for weight management. No, thanks. I have Clemmer who know the real facts and are sorting out my life. Oh, yeah. Um, Um, Okay, Susie. Afternoon, ladies, and apologies in advance for the long post. So I'm feeling really happy with the approach, hitting all my goals and genuinely feel really good in myself. Win. Unfortunately, the scales don't seem to have got the memo, uh, 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 Oh, memo! but I am doing what I've been told and trusting the process. However, at the same time, I'm finding that I'm often eating just to get my calories up to my target, which is 1700 to 1800, but feel that naturally I'd be happy nearer 1600 without feeling like I would be over-restricting at all. I don't know if this is because I've been used to low calorie diets and I know this approach is about being more sustainable, but I'm starting to think that maybe I don't need as many calories and this is why I'm not seeing the results on the scales. Is this just a mindset issue or should I be looking to reduce my calories if I don't need them? Sorry for such a long post and don't worry, I'm still smiling and loving the process
0: um absolutely come down to a range of 1600 to 1800 and then just know that we're more than happy for you to be on the lower end or higher end of that range and yeah like you probably will see a faster rate of loss if you drop your calories lower um you know like we say we just want to make sure that this is enjoyable so it's sustainable so that it's maintainable and as long as we're doing that and you're not coming down to like 1400 because you really want a really fast rate of loss and then we know like emma and i know that within a matter of Weeks at absolute best, months, you're just going to go right back to where you started. What's the point? You just wasted all that time. You may as well have just taken it slower and kept the weight off for the rest of your life. So, as long as you are making sure that you're not going too steep and you're going to pendulums, then we're happy.
1: Yeah. And I think what's like not to be dramatic, but like a little bit heartbreaking about women who drop their calories really low is that you put in so much effort and you try so hard and you work really hard and you stick to it and you probably sacrifice large parts of your life and you cut out the foods you enjoy and you probably miss out on social occasions. And yet you don't get results because of this pendulum squ- swing. And that's really what we want people to avoid. And it is a, like, that is a mindset shift of like, I don't have to over restrict to get here. Yeah. So That's the big mindset shift we want. Now, if you're like, oh, I'm eating about 1700 calories, but actually I'm totally satiated on 1600. Fine. And, and I agree with Chloe, like have a bit of a range on the days that you need a little bit more or you just want to eat a little bit more. Fine. Know that even if you hit 1800, you're still in a deficit. You're just in a bit of a smaller deficit. Cool. And maybe during the week, when you've got a bit more structure, you're up closer to 1600. That's fine. But what we don't want is you being like, oh, Emma and Chloe said that we could drop our calories. So I'm just going to eat a thousand. Like that's not ever going to get you results. You
0: it makes me hungry just hearing you say that sentence.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, anything else in the live?
1: No, we're up to date.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, Karen Sutherland. Car- hearing a lot from Karen. I feel like Karen's going to be a new come to the fore grad. Um, Karen Sutherland. Hi. Leg leg workout on my PT hub starts with back squats, which are notoriously bad for my SI. I attempted them and while I can do them, every exercise after that made my lower back gnarly. So I attempted, oh yeah, sorry, my fault. So I attempted the dumbbell side by side, same effect, and tried with a heavy goblet squat, but it does the exact same. Is there anything else I can substitute these with? Do you think because it's the first exercise that it can, can this can contribute than if it was later? I would say you shouldn't be loading down through your posterior chain and to do the back-supported gym workouts instead that will see you doing things like leg press, leg extension, leg curl. Um, Yeah, I think that would be preferable for you. Emma, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes people will ask us for like alternate exercises, but like the problem is that you probably shouldn't be doing an exercise that's similar to that. If you've got that injury, like definitely go into your physio, definitely work on it. But sometimes, like, you know, if you've got, for example, a bad lower back and anything that's like a squat type movement hurts it, then you don't really want to swap back squats for, I don't know, like goblet squats or something, because actually it's going to cause a similar problem. And often what's best is like a little bit of extra rest. So speak to a physio and get their advice for sure. We obviously can't really give good uh, injury advice over the internet without assessing you.
0: Yeah. Okay, Sarah, I wondered if you could chat a bit about resting heart rates and the overall indication it gives for health. I used to run nothing crazy, but i probably get 25 to 30 km a week. My resting heart rate was in the low 50s. Nice. I don't run now as I picked up lots of injuries. I also didn't have time to run and resistance train, so I chose the dumbbells instead. My resting heart rate is now in the low 60s and it worries me. No, that's a perfectly acceptable range. I know the health benefits on longevity and quality of life with lifting, but I can't help but feel like I'm missing something if I want to give my body the longest and best life it can have. I do 12,000 steps a day, but I feel like this isn't enough. So that's absolutely fine. Um, really, uh, heart rate for you. Um, and the fact that you are exercising, even though it's not you know running as cardio is absolutely fantastic for your heart health as well as everything else, you know sarcopenia osteoporosis muscle mass you're you're ticking the boxes with weight training more than you would be if you were going for runs in fact like running is going to be quite detrimental to a few things whereas weightlifting isn't going to be so long as you have good form um but I also am a big fan of a bit of cardio. And if you have injuries from running, why don't you just finish out your workouts with 10, 15 minutes of, you know, moderate intensity or high intensity on the cross trainer, which is no impact. It's going to protect all your joints. Shouldn't flare up any injuries in theory. Um, and then you can keep keep on top of your cardiovascular fitness too, if that's something that's
1: important to you. Um, Emma, what do you think? Agree. I don't think I've got anything to add. But but also note as well, like it is funny that like I wish more people cared as much as you about the the aging process and being as healthy as possible long term. It seems to be like the people that worry the most, like like you're actually doing all the right things.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. So 60 is low. It's it's a low resting heart rate. So you really don't need to worry about that um, specifically. I mean, I've just looked at it. And like really, people who have lower than that are like professional athletes. So I really wouldn't worry about that. All right then. Okay. Tajal! woo. Ta-da! Return up the Mac once again. <laughs> okay. Hi, beautiful girls. Question: What is a trapped nerve slash muscle knot? Is it actually a lot a knot in my muscle? And how does this happen? I've had a niggle in my shoulder and back on and off for a few months now. Massage and dynamic stretching helps it disappear. And then I sleep funny and it comes back. When they massage it, it feels like a lump and not. But how do they happen and what exactly is it? Sorry about this weird question. P.S. I'm loving being back. Emma, do you know the exact
1: answer to this? As you were asking about, so I went into some hole about this a while ago. Yeah, there is no such thing as a muscle knot. Like I know that people like it's it's just this like weird physio pseudosciencey thing that everyone talks about. Like oh, there's a big knot in your muscle. I can really feel it. It's like you can't. Like imagine if if there was actually a knot in your muscle. Like no, you can't. How physiologically impossible? Like impossible like if you had some big like nodule in your muscle like that would be very worrying like cuz you would have had some kind of growth in there and i'd be worried for very different reasons but um it is strange that all physios talk about that and it also just gives me a little bit of like distrust <laughs> i already have like slight distrust with a lot of physios but i think with things like that i'm like why aren't people questioning this a little bit more like that isn't what's happening and same with like cupping i'm like there's no evidence for this whatsoever and for you to just do its it's like such a big placebo because you have these massive hickeys all over your body so obviously you think something's happened because it was painful or because there's a mark but like there's really no evidence for that it's just it's kind of good marketing as well because uh, you know people are going to see it or it looks interesting when you put it on instagram and all this kind of stuff but in regards to muscle knots like genuinely i went on like uh a deep dive on this and um no there is no such thing as, as muscle knots.
0: i think what it would be is just a tense a tense area of the muscle that has resulted in yeah more fibrous tissue temporarily potentially i mean i don't i don't know i've honestly never been asked this question never looked into it
1: maybe yeah. i'll take yeah i mean i
0: wouldn't recommend it There's, there's a lot to go through <laughs> but i'm gonna text the best physio i know kevin lidlow and i'm gonna say to him can what can you just answer what this is and then i'll come back to you i mean he never replies so give me give me till the next live, potentially the one after but i will get an answer out of him
1: yeah yeah it'd be interesting to see what like an expert in that area he is like the best of the best i am I read a really interesting article as I was looking through this and it was by such I'm so sorry to the person who wrote this because I cannot remember for the life of me what their name was but they used to be a physio and they were sort of like it was interesting because they were like look this is my profession I spent years and years studying this but there's so much pseudoscience within physiotherapy and then sort of calling out certain things and like one of them was muscle knots and like the way that they just kind of like say that that's the thing when it's not really a thing. And well, yeah. sometimes it is just more like colloquial slang. And I think a lot of people say it and don't really think about what it means. But yeah, no, you, you don't actually have like physical knots in your muscle.
0: It's impossible.
1: It's it's impossible. You if you could do that, you would be a genuine shapeshifter. Yeah. Yeah. It would look very strange. And I mean, like if you could do it, then I'm sure a lot of bodybuilders would be like, oh, I'm just gonna oh, be. Yeah. Half a bit, to make them look oh a bit.
0: yeah, and like add a, add half an inch to my bicep. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anything else in the live? No, we're up to date. Okay, hey, Zara Alexander. Hey, lovelies. It was my sister's party on Saturday, and I decided I didn't feel like drinking alcohol. I've been exhausted from work lately, and I thought that this is much more likely to make me feel tired um, than in the party mood. At around three p.m., I had a can of zero sugar Monster. Pink one, something I have on the odd occasion. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> I really like how you write. <laughs> this is amazing. The judgment from several people was real. Comments like, those are so bad for you. I can't believe you drink such a thing. Do you even know what's in it, etc.? It's so dangerous to mix it with alcohol. That's not true. Brackets, I wasn't doing this. I would like to add that I do not make any judgments of said people drinking all different forms of alcohol. so is the monster really bad for you what are the dangers of any no the answer is no obviously if you are over consuming monster much like if you're over consuming alcohol or you're over consuming like anything then you're probably going to have some health ramifications of that having the odd can of energy drink is especially like like lower calorie lower sugar absolutely not bad for you you your body is capable of like intake intaking and digesting Every single chemical that you see on every single soft drink packet of chewing gum packet of sweets, there's nothing to worry about. It would just be very unhealthy if that was because these were staples of your daily diet because we want to get good nutrition in, right? Um, in terms of caffeine content, caffeine is actually good for you. Again, in moderation, you don't want to go too outside of that, um, especially with certain health things or lifestyle concerns, like I don't know, pregnancy or like, you know, trying to get pregnant, whatever. But moderate intake of caffeine is actually really good for you it's really good for your heart health it's really good for brain health it's really good for energy like it's a good thing and this is just you know these typical kind of silly things that people say because they think it makes them sound like they're health conscious when as you say they're all pissed and don't have a scooby what they're talking about emma
1: yeah it's normally it's normally the call to nature or like the natural fallacy of yeah. like, oh, yeah. all that's chemicals and it's all not, you know, and actually normally when you break that down, like, okay, well, why is that bad? And normally like, you don't, you know, it causes cancer, which one, it doesn't. And two, the one thing that we do know that is a strong carcinogenic is alcohol. Like there is no disputing that, that is a fact. Now, obviously if you have it in moderation, the increased risk is very small and that might be something that you enjoy and that's absolutely fine, right? And like I said, like or like this person just said, no judgment, I don't judge anyone that drinks alcohol. I choose not to most of the time, but I'm certainly not there thinking I'm better than anybody. But it is interesting that you will get, and I've had this myself, more judgment from being like oh, yeah, I just have a diet coke don't you know how bad that is I'm like you're literally drinking vodka like in what way is this worse or like actually the person that said it to me then went out and had a cigarette and I was like interesting like levels here like oh I'm absolutely mad but yeah I think there just needs to be like it is strange that there's such strong judgment around like consuming diet coke or like monster or something it's- and it's funny because normally when you say like if someone's like oh don't you know how bad that is for you and you're like oh really why then they literally can't answer apart from oh it's got loads of stuff in it and you're like oh okay sounds sounds legit <laughs> yeah all that stuff
0: all that stuff has been killing so many people go have another cigarette go take another shot piss off <laughs> um okay anything else in my life no we're up to date Okay, Gabby Levine. Hi, big question for Emma and Chloe. I have EDS, endometriosis, and mental health conditions, all of which affect me every day. I have dropped arches in both of my feet, so I find it hard to go for long walks. I think it will be difficult for me to reach 10,000 steps a day, 8,000 would be much more achievable. It would be great to get some insight. Into what you may have discovered by poaching, coaching people with chronic health conditions, including tips on how to break the self-sabotage cycle, so I should not feel so overwhelmed. Thank you. Okay, so first, let me just deal with the steps. You hit whatever steps are manageable for you, your physicality, your biomechanics, your health, right? With a goal to increase them if you can. Now, if you can't, if that's not applicable to you, we can talk about you getting some basic kind of cardiovascular movement, just basic movement after weighted workouts. So with all of the above, EDS, endometriosis and mental health conditions, exercise is going to vastly improve all of these conditions and the symptoms that come with them. So in terms of your EDS and kind of your hypermobility, you are going to find that you you kind of want to have a graded uh, intro to training. Um, and I would really suggest and I, I don't I know this is really annoying because you're paying to be on the EC method. But I would suggest that you have a PT. Who can teach you proper form and a cautious range of motion and um and also understands that with that condition, you have to grade how heavy you lift. You can't, you probably can't be as, as kind of organic with it and free, like willy-nilly with it as somebody else. It's going to hugely help your um muscle support around your joints. It's gonna hugely help your joints, period. Um, and it's also gonna help alleviate a lot of the symptoms that come with it. But you need to make sure that you have a PT who can teach you good form, keep an eye on your range of motion and grade your training. Um, same with endometriosis, endometriosis and mental health conditions, all of the symptoms of these are gonna be hugely alleviated by regular weekly training. Um, so when you say um, how to t- how to break the self-sabotage cycle, not feeling so overwhelmed, this like, woe is me, I have things wrong, therefore, I just shouldn't bother. All the more reason to bother all the more reason to really take pride in taking care of your body, really take pride in taking care of yourself, you know, feel really good every time you get to the gym, because while it might be harder for you, you know, you're doing your body such a good service and it will get easier over time.
1: Um, those are all my thoughts on it. Emma. I agree. I think there's no doubt that it's harder, but it's even more important and it's kind of similar to, and I guess I'm just thinking of this because I speak to so many pain menopausal women is that like it it can feel like well you're saying it's harder you're saying it's going to be harder for me to build muscle it might be harder for me to recover it might be harder for me to stick to my diet so what's the point trying it's like well because the alternative is like not as good you know like the alternative is to go so far the other way and actually it's more important because it's harder like the reason that building muscle is harder because you have a less anabolic like uh situation that you're in which means that it's even more important to stimulate muscle or you're going to lose more muscle so i guess trying to think of it like that like actually all the benefits of exercise are going to be heightened for you but they are harder to do so i'm glad that you're here to get the right support. Um, yeah
0: i've coached and i'm sure emma has too hundreds if not thousands of women who have all of all of these conditions so feel free to reach out to us and use us whenever you want and we will help you and if we don't know something we'll research it till we do and we'll come back and help you um okay last one hello vegetables are we to track all of these are we to track all of these um or is it specific to starchy sugary fattier more calorific vegetables such as potatoes and avocados avocado is a fruit, actually. I'll have you know. It's actually seed in it. Do any of know that avocado is not a vegetable? Okay, it's a fruit. Um, uh you can rough track it. It will add up. You have like four servings of, of vegetables, non-starchy vegetables, throughout the course of the day. You're talking like 200 calories, so it does count. But you can be really rough and like laissez faire with it. Like, you know, we don't really measure in cups in the UK, but if I see like a cup of
1: broccoli or a cup of lettuce, I'm like, yeah, that'll do. And <laughs> just put it in. I'm like, I presume that's a portion. Um, I don't know, if yeah. you get a salad and it's like half this bag is 50 calories or whatever, like, okay, cool. Yeah. But I I would still count them, like Chloe's saying, you'll get, I mean, after genuinely, after like a week of tracking everything, which is quite tedious and boring, you'll probably be able to be like, Yeah, okay, I put half a cucumber in that. And it's like, 12 calories or something. I put this amount of, I don't know, tomatoes in that, and it's like 20 calories. So you know that like the salad that you normally make is going to be like 100 odd calories fine. still counts, but we certainly don't want you to like weigh out some lettuce before you have it. but yeah, like it all it all counts. And now if you are talking about something like avocado that has a lot of fat in it, like you certainly want to be tracking that. Uh, yeah. Oh God, yeah. Oh,
0: God, yeah. Oh,
1: gosh, yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Do we have anything else to finish on, or are we done? Just Susie saying thank you. That was
1: really helpful. You're welcome, Susie. You're so welcome, Susie. And oh, my God. You're amazing. My friend Georgia, every
0: time we go on an IO, I don't know why she does, she gets pissed. <laughs> she puts a drink on her head. She just stands there and she just squats down <laughs> and then stands back up again, and everyone cheers. I've got really flat head. Look at this. Yeah. Look what I can do. Mega still. She's like, did you see? And I'm like, I wasn't that impressed.
1: <laughs> but no, I don't think you actually saw what happened. No. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. Every time it's her birthday, it's like just like post after post after post, after post of her drunk at parties doing it. It's so good. <laughs> um, okay, guys. Look, we will see. We are back on Friday at 3 30. We will see you then. Bye.